0: You she? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon.
1: This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams.
0: For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge, because girls don't play girls games. Don't play games.
1: Geek Hearing is working to bring female-identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Hearing, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name is Monica, and with me today is my lovely, hilarious, amazing, glorious pancake loving which is wrong canadian northern irish goddess of geekdom amanda i don't know what happened i'm
0: sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was like uh oh oh we're still going oh okay oh hello (laughs) hello monica (laughs) you glorious weirdo (laughs) i felt the brain fart coming in how's it going it is going good how are you all is good
1: in the hood. How is Geekdom on your part Your part of the
0: world? Geekdom has been good. I finished reading the first Robin Hobb book for the Soldier Sun trilogy. Yay. Yay. And last night, this is super random, I started playing Tomb Raider 1 on the PC. So like the 1996 game. <laughs> With the triangle boobs one. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was, it's was. it been a lot of fun. Um, but I'm really noticing that the controls suck. <laughs> Back in the days when you didn't have much options. Yeah, no, right? The, um, the The actual graphics, I mean, they're pretty bad, but it's not the worst part of the game. The worst part of the game is the fact that jump is alt, action is control, and there's a Windows key on my keyboard in between them. That if you hit it, it just completely closes the game without saving, and I'm like, <laughs> so I can't tell you how many times I like accidentally hit the Windows key last night, lost everything that I had done, and was just like, I'm not playing anymore. And then two minutes later, I started up again, and Tom was like, I thought you weren't playing. And I'm like, I know, but apparently, I'm playing. <laughs> but that's horrible. The Windows key in between. <sighs> Awful. Awful, and it's one of those games you can't even change the con- the the keys like the keybinds because that's just what it is. Back in the days when it
1: didn't have options, I have to say it again. It's interesting how games evolved since then. I know. So what about you? But what about me and my geekdom recently? I just thought of something while you talked, but now it obviously totally slipped my mind. Oh, I almost finished the book of Felicia Day um
0: you're never Yay. weird on the internet yeah <laughs> i know you said to me the other day that you weren't really enjoying it but i have to say i really liked her autobiography yeah
1: <laughs> well i like the last couple of chapters that those are fine in between it's a bit well i don't know in between i was kind of not in, not into it though very much I have to admit and I'm not gonna lie so I have to admit that she didn't wow me in the beginning but the all the stuff about gamergate that I found super interesting but yeah I'm almost done with that one. I started in the middle of and because that's an actual book book with pages you know that don't shed light in the night. Oh, that should be a (laughs) t-shirt. I downloaded Terry Pratchett's Discworld, first book of the Discworld series. But then I read three pages and I got so tired that I stopped immediately again. So I'm not very far, but that's my bedtime read now in case I can't sleep in the weirdo snores beside me.
0: Yeah, I feel you. (laughs) I also have that when i start to read a terry Pratchett book once i get into it it's great but starting i don't know what it is i just have real issues starting and getting his book we will see but it's hilarious because on the kindle
1: kindle whatever you get me you see the length of the books right so there are dots mm-hmm. <laughs> If you compare the length of the first book to the length of one of the Robin Hobbs books, it's like four times,
0: or <laughs> they are four times longer. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: which is it's so true.
0: <laughs> the Shaman's Crossing, which I finished last night, was six hundred and thirty-two pages. You sent me a
1: picture of that, and I'm like,
0: wow,
1: that's huge book. I'm kind of glad that I didn't buy all of the actual hard copy books because. I that probably would have kept me because it felt like something so big that's almost insurmountable. But with the Kindle, I had no idea. So it's just random dots on a weird
0: screen. So yeah, no, I agree. I read, I picked up what ones I could, like in charity shops Uh um, along the way. But sometimes I just couldn't wait, so I would either get the Kindle version or order like a copy off eBay or something. Um, So I basically I don't have any of my collection left because I was like, I just have mismatched books that don't even add up the series here. So yeah, but yeah, like the first one I read was like, this is actually gigantic.
1: (laughs) I feel they would be so pretty if they're all in the same design Mm though.
0: Like if you have them on the shelves. Yeah, I'm really excited because there's illustrated copies coming out by one of the artists that does magic the gathering drawings for the cards Mm -hmm. and she's been designing the assassin's apprentice and the sneak peeks that i've seen are like incredible so i'm going to be saving my pennies to buy them definitely
1: i wonder how big they will be then though like they can't pull that off with with all of the books can they i think eventually they
0: might all be done but lengthwise it's like oh yeah I'm expecting it to be like an entire freaking shelf's worth but um I saw a few weeks ago we were down in Castle Ward here in Northern Ireland which is where they filmed Winterfell in season one Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. and in a little gift shop that they had there there was an illustrated copy of A Game of Thrones the first book in A Song of Ice and Fire and I was flipping through it it is stunning it is so 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 pretty so I'm I I don't know, it got my hopes really high for just illustrated copies of all the books and maybe this is the future. We're actually all just children. Well, I mean, you have to imagine that people probably buy
1: less and less actual books. So to make the books more interesting and people more invested in buying them, because you will buy an illustrated book because it's beautiful, but you can buy a regular book off of Kindle and have it there. So maybe that's just a way for all the book publishers to... Get people buy actual books.
0: You make a very valid point. But I really like your segue again, or is it leeway? I don't know. It's a segue, and I thought it was quite good as well. Thanks. It was amazing. Because what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about Season 8, Game of Thrones.
1: I love how we try to sound all enthusiastic about it.
0: (laughs) I know. I think we'll just... Stop this episode right here. Well, just pause it. Let our listeners know that from here on in, if you haven't seen any Season 8 Game of Thrones, any Game of Thrones, or you don't want spoilers on the last six episodes of Game of Thrones, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Geek Caring, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. (laughs) And welcome everyone else who's still on then. Yes, you, you have entered spoiler territory. It's
1: nice here we have cake and tea and coffee, so we make you, we yeah. try and make you feel as
0: comfortable as possible under said circumstances. Yeah. And normally you would think like we're sad because a season or a series that we have loved since 2011 is, is finally coming to a close and it's sad that we're no longer having these characters to hang out with once a year. Well, that's not the case. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Well once a year would be great if it actually were would have been once a year but that wasn't even the issue. True. So yeah, where did we end on season 7? So after we found out that after John and Daenerys started to get close to each other, <laughs> do naughty naughty stuff in the ship. You said that a lot more eloquently than I was going to. <laughs> and after we found out that they're actually aunt and nephew
0: Gotta keep it in the family. Well, we've seen worse in that series, haven't we? We have. And there was some scouting north of the wall with dragons. And then we had a dead dragon. And then we had an ice dragon. Yeah. And then we were all super excited. What is going to happen? They tore down the
1: wall dragon with his... Is it icy breath or blue fiery breath? I'm not entirely sure. I'm not really sure either. Broke the wall... And they were coming for the North, for Winterfell.
0: And basically that's where the season 8 starts, right? Yeah, and that's where so many fans were just like, well, what the fuck is happening (laughs) for the next 6 episodes? There was not a lot going on in the first episodes, was it? I
1: mean, obviously I have a bad memory, but the first, like, 2 episodes were super
0: slow. They were slow action-wise, but they were quite good story-wise. Like they had, they did a lot of the setup and like it was, it was all right. Like Cersei was sending Bronn up north to kill Tyrion and Jaime because that's what she does. And Theon boarded his Uncle Euron ships and rescued Yara. Yeah. And then there's a whole like family reunion with Jon and Bran and Arya. And it's like, oh, look at us, all the Starks back together. And then he goes flying on a dragon for the first time. Daenerys tells Sam that she killed his father and brother. And Sam was like, dude, Jon, you support this bitch? Seriously, dude? He grew on me, Sam. Like in the
1: seventh season. Here starting out in the eighth season.
0: Until, well, we will get to that. I mean, Sam is pretty cool, I have to say. Like, you can't knock his perseverance. Well... Or maybe you can.
1: (laughs) Maybe then they should have just left episode three out of the mix because that was just a big pain in the ass. But we're not there yet because we're in episode one. Yeah, and then they all sit there in Winterfell and decide. And obviously all the North people are not too excited that John bent his knee for his
0: queen. Okay, Jon Snow is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. But like his undying devotion to Daenerys was the story arc for that was so quick and intense and I'm like "Do the
1: fuck I generally found that pretty yes you say quick because to me honestly in this entire season it never really felt as I was actually pretty surprised when I think was it in season two where where Daenerys talks to Sansa, because Sansa obviously is not impressed with her new queen. She didn't sign up for Daenerys as her new queen. She probably wanted to be the queen herself, and so she really didn't enjoy having her there and John bending the knee. And when they had this talk, because Danny wanted to get Sansa on her side somehow and connect with her, and then they mentioned that they loved each other, and I'm like, you do what? That was so unexpected, even with Egret when Joan was with the wildlings. That seemed
0: deeper somehow than that. That was so weird. I don't know. Yeah, they spent so much time building up relationships and everything, like through the first six, even even part of seven um, seasons, they really made a big point of like establishing those connections and you really did feel the love between John and Agreed and you felt the love like between all like other characters that were genuinely in love. But with John and Danny it just it didn't feel real. It felt forced and fast and Mm Like, what do they even know about each other? How much time have they spent together? Do they ever joke? Does John ever laugh anymore? Obviously not, because she's not laughing either. I honestly yeah. felt that
1: this short connection that Tyrion and Sansa had in Episode Three had more feels for me than this entire relationship between between
0: Daenerys and John. Oh my gosh, same, same. Well, because Sansa and Tyrion had such a like a, they, they have such a past. Right, yeah. Like they were married and she was just like, I'm not sleeping with you. He didn't even want to, did he? It was a marriage that neither of them wanted. Well, she was still a child, right?
1: But they just forced both of them to marry, not because he wanted it or she wanted it, but because they wanted to make both of them feel
0: miserable. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're right. But yes, that scene in the tombs and... It was the sweetest. It was one of the best scenes in that entire episode. Honestly, most of the season episodes where I had my most feels were the ones where Tyrion was, was involved. Same. This Jamie situation. Oh, okay. Okay, so you said that episode two didn't have a lot going on. But actually, I think episode two had a lot going on. Okay, we already talked about Daenerys and Sansa having their little moment. But let's talk about... Okay, first of all, the crowd drinking in front of the fire with Jamie and Brienne, and who else was there? Um, was it Bronn and the Gendry? What's his the other? Oh no, definitely it wasn't Gendry. The other one. <laughs> we'll talk with him. In yeah. a second. Um, <laughs> Pod and like they're all getting happy, and then. Was the Tormund show up and he tells his whole giants milk story and like you genuinely felt warmth and connection. You're like, I am enjoying this scene. At least I was. I was like, this scene is really, really cool.
1: Honestly, that's ninety percent because I really love Torment.
0: He's so funny. He's he's, the, he's best. The, best. the best. He is the best. But I really felt like these were soldiers getting ready on the eve of the battle. They're like portrayed that so well in that scene. Yeah. And then when Jamie actually w- when he knighted Brienne. Yeah. I literally was tearing up. I was like, I was so happy for Brienne in this moment. Like, this is what she has worked for for her entire life. Yeah, that's true. And then there she goes. Like, I actually felt episode two of this season was probably one of the strongest for female characters in the entire series. Yes, in hindsight, yes. Because then we have Arya taking the decision to lose her virginity into her own hands. She wasn't waiting to die. Like, she was not dying that virgin she made that very clear she chose who she wanted to like have her first time with mm-hmm. and she chose very well because Gendry and her have had a relationship like emotional relationship for seasons right yeah um, and she obviously loves him and she just took control of that situation she didn't let it be a typical medieval woman situation where it's either like forced or it's rape or it's like an arranged marriage it's somebody that she chose and people were so up at arms about it because oh a child chose like had sex on tv and it's like well no well the the actress isn't a child and neither is the character how old is she 16 17 17 or 18 in game or in game in in yeah <laughs> in game of thrones and then the actress is 21 i think yeah and like, you've seen her do worse things, guys. You've seen her literally take people's faces off their face and wear them. How is her getting her bet, you know, worse? It's interesting to
1: me in that moment. Obviously, a great scene and everything. But I don't know why, especially Arya as a character, I was also mentally more not more connected but i i had a stronger tie to the first seasons to her in my brain where she was still a kid if you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's not that in that situation it was that the situation and everything was was fine but she started the series i was out as a little girl still and it was for me in that moment where you saw how she grew up in that moment and you had that second of remembering how she was still a kid in the beginning that's what i just notice happened in my brain while i was watching it but everyone was kids at some point we all grow up we all have those experiences (laughs) that's not what i'm saying it's like you know that your daughter will or your son will have sex at some point and you stand behind that fact but when it happens you're like oh look it happens you're not just like this is not like any other sex scene that you have in that moment if you would see it, which I hope you don't. It was just a, a parental notion that I had where I was like, oh, look at her all growing up and going from being a kid in the beginning, whose hand you held in public, Amanda, <laughs> to, to having a proper great." adult sex scene there it's not that I don't think that it shouldn't have been there it was a great scene she took it all into her own hands <laughs>
0: sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it, it was hilarious when she said like I'm not taking your pants off take your own pants off um, mm-hmm. it was all a great empowered scene for her and I wanted the scene there you still have that second or I still had that second of
0: ah. Oh, Look, the little girl all grown up now. Yeah, but you're you're saying it in the way of like, oh yeah, look at her; she's all grown up now, taking things into her no- her own yeah. hands. And then there's half the internet saying, "Huh, oh, this is disgusting." She's like my kid's sister, oh, and saying like the scene shouldn't have even happened. So, and then lastly, we've got Jon Snow and Danny at the very end, where Jon tells Danny. That he is actually the heir to the throne. Yeah. And then they come. But they can't even talk about it
1: properly. Can they? So that I found a bit weird. I have to say. He comes forward with his big secret. Obviously Sam is his best friend. And so he told him. That he's the proper heir to the throne. But also because. Then it killed his family. He told John with the hopes of. Him owning up to this. Whatever this all means then. And so he just told her. And then it ended. So the, season, the they couldn't they didn't properly talk about it. They were both in the situation where they had to stop their conversation because
0: the night king was coming. But sure, like it just goes with the rest of their relationship. Like we don't ever see them talk. We don't see them like get to know each other. It it just is perfect for them, really. Well, at least how they portray their relationship to the audience. Like they never actually tell us anything about what's going on. They're just like, "Oh, they're in love." Oh, we assume that maybe they talk or maybe they don't. Who knows? It's all a mystery to us. Yeah, that's true. But I'll be honest. After this episode, I actually had not high hopes, but like I expected, the rest of the season to be quite good because I they've really set it up. They had some really strong scenes, and then episode three happened. Were you already pieced at episode three? I was. Don't get me wrong. And I just want to make clear that I have no issues with the cinematography. I have no issues with the acting. The acting this season was stupendous mm. the biggest issue that i have for this season and last season as well was the pacing mm-hmm. and that is probably my biggest issue like 100 percent. if they had paced out the story i would probably even be fine with the story yeah it just it's the fact that it was also crammed in right like episode three the long night it's when it's the big night king battle at winterfell and sure it was just like an hour of fighting in the dark Like, you had to turn your brightness up on your TV to see it. Um, Yeah, there was some really cool scenes, like, where the Dothraki, with their fiery swords, run out towards the army of the dead, and then all the lights turn out, and they turn and hightail back to Winterfell. Um, And that was a really, really cool scene. Like, with Leanna Mormont, who's freaking badass. (sighs) That broke my heart. Oh, it broke my heart. But I was yelling at her. I was like, don't run to the giant, you idiot. What are you doing? She's a fighter. That's what she's doing. She sure is a fighter. And she like killed a giant by stabbing him in the eye. That was cool. That was cool. I mean, she died because of that. But that was cool. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, she was dead anyways, I think. like She had been stabbed, wasn't she? And then she got crushed and then she stabbed his yeah. eye. So I feel that episode was
1: both amazing, especially for female characters in some ways, but also it was so out of character for the entire series. Because in episode two, you're like, so I am preparing myself to have a lot of dead main characters because that's how Game of Thrones rolls, right? So they're all celebrating, they're all saying goodbyes to each other and you expect at least like at least 50% of them being dead in the next episode. And then true. it
0: didn't happen. It didn't happen. The cool things did happen. And idiotic things happened as well. The whole brand hanging out by the tree. Like, that was cool. That was fine. He had, like, those little guards. And then he had Theon, which, like, I'm quite endeared to Theon. He's been a jackass, but he's also had a lot happen to him over the years. Uh, especially if you've read the book, you get the whole torture from Ramsay. And, like, it's he's had a pretty horrific experience and he is making amends and he helps sansa escape and sansa clearly adores him Mm. and him saying like i will stand and guard bran and then when the fucking night king shows up and theon's just like i will run at you single-handedly and try to kill you and the night king's just like you're dead (laughs) i was like theon what the fuck are you doing (laughs) this is this you could
1: why (laughs) i think because he's he in his mind he his life ended already so he might as well kamikaze it but
0: like kamikazeing is you actually do something with your death. You don't just like run. And it was the most pointless. I was so mad. I was yelling at the TV. You can ask Tom. He was like, and I was like, Theon, why are you so fucking stupid? It's like it's like when when Rickon didn't zigzag, right? Like I, it was just a really stupid moment. It was like, why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> because he's not the
1: smartest candle on the tree.
0: No, that's apparently.
1: true. I mean. I feel there, is a, there was a lot of mind fucking happening with him. I don't think that he... I haven't read the books, obviously, but I had the same feeling towards him. I wasn't hating him. I was like, you have been through a lot, right? You had some major mindfucks going on with you and a lot of the things are really hard to get rid of. So, yes, he was trying. He was doing his best. He was probably not getting the best results out of that, but he was doing his best and I feel... That was just another picturesque moment of how he tries, but it just doesn't
0: work. Because yeah, it was effort, but that's it. (laughs) Hashtag Theon's stupidity. (laughs) But one thing I will say, um, not about Theon, but I'm going to talk about Arya, because she is also my favorite character. Jon is no longer my favorite character, by the way, after this season, but Arya still remains queen of my heart. But I mean, you held hands with her. I did, you know. <laughs> Obviously, the bon- Those bonds last for life. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I just need to interrupt here because Monica keeps bringing up that uh, I held hands with Arya. I told uh, the story in our very first episode, yeah. Meet the Geeks, um, but in case you haven't listened to that, I went to uh, TitanCon in 2011 here in Belfast. It was the very first TitanCon, which is a convention solely for Game of Thrones. And got to meet the cast and have a picture taken with the cast before they were really famous. And I was in a picture and Tom was there and Arya and Sansa and Hodor and the curly haired guy who taught Arya how to sword fight and I can't remember his name. Um, And anyways, I like reached out and I grabbed Tom's hand. Like not grabbed it, but like I put my hand in Tom's hand because I was like, let's hold hands for the picture. And then I felt the hand leave my hand and I was like, Tom, that's very rude. And I looked down and I was holding Maisie Williams' hand and I was like, <laughs> fuck, I'm literally holding an 11-year-old child's hand. This is so awkward. And anyway, so that is what Monica keeps bringing Still up. Still me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Aria. Aria, she's amazing. And Her determination in this fight was pretty cool. Like, she just, she would not give up. I totally disagree with you there. Really?
1: Yes. I feel that episode was totally out of character besides her doing what she did in the end. Because what she did was running around in the castle like a scared chicken 90% of the time until the red woman told her that she has the balls. And then she was kind of like, Oh yeah, I've been killing people for the last 5 seasons at least. I have been super bad as I haven't been scared at all. Now I
0: remember and now I'm going to kill the night king. But she was up on the the battle fronts or the battle the castle walls. Sorry, the, the actual name just went right out of my head. Some medieval major I am. Um, <laughs> and she was hacking and slicing and killing the dead as they scaled the walls. They were all hacking and slicing. Everyone I know. except Sam. <laughs> Every- oh, yeah, Sam. Poor Sam. Um, but, like, Arya was getting getting her knife in. And then there was just a point that she was, like, I think she was truly overwhelmed with the amount of dead. And she was, like trying to save her own skin, but also trying not to be overwhelmed. Like when she was crawling through the library, yeah, okay, she was trying to avoid them, but there was also like lots of them. And if she killed one, she'd have to kill them all. And then she would be overwhelmed and then she would die. So wouldn't you rather save your own skin than... I totally agree with you there. But I feel
1: the way they painted that picture is that she didn't flee out of strategy, which I think she... which it was... But she fled out of fear, which is legit in that situation, obviously. But it, I felt she was a way stronger character through the entire series. And then suddenly she wasn't, if you know mm. what I mean. I do know what you they mean. They painted her more scared than she ever was during the entire
0: series. In But she also came up against more than she has in the entire series. Like, and don't... Like, she is only, what, 16 or 17? Like, she is still a child. And all of a sudden, she's like, holy shit, I could, like, literally actually die here. Along with everyone that I love. I felt that was breaking the character because she was also... I feel that it must have been
1: generally something that... Especially in episode two, everyone seemed to be very aware that they're probably not going to make it. That's also the reason why she decided to do the fancy things she did with Gendry, right? So (laughs) I feel there was general consensus in episode two that how everybody agreed that this could be the end of everything. But at least they're trying. It's true. So having that moment with her I felt was out of character for however they portrayed her during the entire series. Hmm. I'm glad that she found back to her badassery
0: in the end because obviously that scene was epic. That's Yeah, that scene was amazing. So obviously, like, the Night King kills Theon.
1: (laughs) She shakes her head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then we get Arya coming in right as the Night King is about to kill Bran and... She like flies in this death-defying leap and goes to kill him, and then does her fancy work knife draw and stabs him and saves the day because, fuck yeah, Arya! Yeah,
1: that was pretty epic. That was I. I was losing all the hope during this the the episode because obviously I didn't see very well, but also I'm like, I was like, what's happening now? Then there was this ce- this scene with that I referred to previously. with Tyrion and Sansa and I still don't 100% get what it was about but it was still cute and then I was like what's going on here? What's happening? And then at least she was killing the Night King and I was like yay! Throwing my hands in the air. Then
0: everybody dies and like everybody who was in like a a spot where it looked like they were about to die. We're all of a sudden living. And most characters made it through. Who died? The red woman died? Yeah. She fulfilled her purpose, so she was ready to die. Joya Mormont died. Oh, that was a sad scene. That That was quite sad. That was probably the most emotion that we've seen from... Daenerys in a long time I felt more sorry for him in the
1: moment than connected with her at the time because I was like he fought for his queen who he loved so dearly to the very end and he looked like uh, well he
0: wasn't looking very great anymore then and Jon survives the dragon attack my issues with this episode is that they built up the Night King and the army of the dead for so many seasons right So many fucking seasons. And then in one episode, it's done. And literally, like, what was the point of it? Yeah, I agree. Like, how how does this have any real lasting effects? Like, it's not mentioned really any other time. It's just kind of like... Three seasons in the next three episodes, you mean? Yeah. Like, what is the lasting impact of this? The Night King was, in the end, he was actually quite easy to kill. Arya just needed to stick him with a pointy end, you know? (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying I'm not like degrading Arya's um, the actual act. Like, I think it was badass. It's just he was so easy. After all that, it was just so easy to kill him. Well, I mean,
1: they lost like what seventy percent of whoever was fighting for them. (laughs) But I, I found that too. I didn't think that in the end, after seven seasons, all they would do is kill him and the final topic would be the throne alone you know what i mean so that was kind of like because i know it was obviously always about the throne but the biggest fear they had and the the reason why they came together partly is because of the night king and
0: then boom back to square one or what yeah it just seemed like a really what had been built up as such like a major part of the story in the end seemed so trivial yeah
1: because I was actually really surprised at the very last episode, like yesterday, when I was watching the last episode, how many people there were still there. I know. It confused me quite a bit because I thought that your army was actually still pretty strong, eh? hmm So that was also very confusing. Yeah. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. It seemed so benign, so whatever. He's mm-hmm. done
0: now. Next chapter. Exactly. One thing I also want to bring up is something that Maisie Williams tweeted after the episode went live. And when she told her boyfriend that she is the one that kills the Night King, he was like, but shouldn't it be Jon Snow? Like, he he wasn't excited for her. He didn't, like, say, that's amazing, congratulations, or, like, that's a really good place for your character to go. He was just like, it shouldn't be you. And I was really angry for her, and I really feel like a a lot of people on the internet got it right when they were like, so he's not your boyfriend anymore, right? <laughs> it's just kind of... Don't, why Why are you with somebody who's not supportive? Yeah. A lot of people in general questioning
1: that entire scene. Yeah. Again, because, yeah, shouldn't be her. Shouldn't be but a woman, basically.
0: It? But why shouldn't Don't it? ask me that question. I don't know. I just asked you, Monica. <laughs> I don't know. So we move on to the next episode where... Obviously, everyone in Winterfell is mourning and burning the dead people on those pretty epic funeral pyres. Yeah, that And was. that was sad and expected because that's what you do with dead bodies. Not quite as important now that the Night King can't rise him from the dead because he's not alive or dead. So in, in episode four, we have the infamous scene where everybody is getting rowdy, celebrating their victory win. And we get our cinematography Starbucks coffee cup sitting on the table.
1: I totally didn't notice that.
0: Yeah, I didn't. But thank you to the internet. We did see it. And now I'm like, I can't not see that. So yeah, they're celebrating.
1: Obviously, it starts to the topic of Jon Snow being a Targaryen. He obviously can't keep it to himself. Yeah. And why should he? Also, now it's more important than ever, right? Because they survived the Night King. So now it's mm-hmm. valid somehow.
0: So he tells his sister. Well, he doesn't even tell his sisters. Actually, Bran tells them. But we don't see that. Because like everything, we don't see anything. We don't see any deep conversation really this
1: season. Aria then starts to go back to the south
0: to on her mission. Yeah, she, she joins Sandor and all of a sudden, like well, not all of a sudden, I actually always like their scenes together. They have a really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. And as much of an asshole as he's been, I've always kind of had a soft spot for him. Yeah, I feel he's always had more issues with himself, and that's
1: why he was, was an asshole.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Obviously, you've been through a lot as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I know that there was a lot of um, issues. Um, do I have an issue with this? Maybe. there. Um, Brienne and Jamie and Tyrion were having a little drinking game about like asking each other true questions, and they had to drink if it was true. And Tyrion directs one at Brienne that she's a virgin, and... She, like, gets really uncomfortable. And there's been a lot of talk that that was, like, virgin shaming and, like, quite just a really bad scene. And I I do kind of agree, Mm -hmm. especially because, like, two seconds later, it was rectified because it's so bad to be a virgin, right? Yeah, that
1: entire situation was just... I feel that everything with that was so wrong.
0: I mean, don't get me wrong. I kind of, like... I kind of dig the idea of Jamie and Brienne, but at the same time, it was really predictable, but it, I could see like a fondness between them growing over the seasons because they spend a lot of time in and out of each other's company. Yes.
1: I agree with you with
0: on that part, but I feel
1: it totally, because basically what it was is Tyrion pointing that out that she's never been with anyone. Um, because obviously he didn't only he did mention women as well in that scenario. Pointing that out, then Jamie feeling specifically sorry for her or starting to be super protective of her, which she never ever really needed ever. Like mm-hmm. like she's probably the person you will least need to protect in your life. Then all of a sudden and torment totally digs her, right? And suddenly, Jamie becomes this big defender of Brienne in regards to torment. Yeah. Which I've, that's something that I find particularly weird. And then he joins her, and then they have sex together. And then suddenly, he remembers that all he ever loved was Cersei.
0: So, well, it wasn't quite sudden, because they did make it out that he had spent a few, like, a few nights sleeping in her bed and they were almost having like a comfortable relationship.
1: I feel in the scene when they woke up he didn't look happy at all so he knew immediately that that's not what he wanted. I mm. think he tried for a while but then he couldn't. He couldn't. I think he tried for a while to maybe to maybe something would come you know but I feel uh hey-o. uh uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey-o. Um, but I feel he knew immediately after they had sex together that he didn't want that because there was that scene when you saw him, well, not happy <laughs> um, while she was sleeping. And I feel that after the episode where you feel there was so much female empowerment, they suddenly started to just, well... Chip away at it. Turn the we, turn those car around and drive in the whole other direction, because what Brienne is only proper and whole if she had sex with someone and if she's in a relationship. One, B, uh, is it what? Why? <laughs> and then she all yeah. she was ever worth was for him for Jamie to find out that well that's not it. She doesn't mm-hmm. deserve that. No. She has been loyal to everyone and everything forever. She stood up for him. She really didn't deserve
0: that. Mm-mm. No, I, it did feel... It felt like... Okay, she obviously had a thing for him. And it did appear to be semi-mutual. Like like I say, there was a fondness between them. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. And she was... Because she's what? In her mid-30s? Maybe late 30s, 40s? Like, we don't know Brienne's age. And she's finally, through her own choice and maybe shame, given herself over to someone, and thinks that this is what's going to happen. Like this is what it's going to be. They both agree that they're going to settle down at Winterfell, and like live up there. Did we? And say then that, that he said that. That's just things that we heard from someone else saying that, right? True. True. And like everything, and that's like everything. And then the next thing, like. Everybody's marching south to Cersei, and Jamie's like, Oh, I need to go to Cersei. And then we see what is like really uncharacteristic for me, anyways, is Brienne like breaking down over it, like just begging him to stay. I was like, Wait, what? You don't beg? You're fucking Sir Brienne of Tarth. You don't fucking
1: beg. I see the fondness that you're talking about, and I saw that too, because obviously they had mutual respect happening, and it grew after a while, but. Does it always have to be romantic, you know? So it mm-hmm. could have been a base of a real great friendship between people who wouldn't have been friends ever at all during mm-hmm. that times with the different houses and all that shit. So why do you have to suddenly deflower her Yeah, and make her... And I feel—I mean, generally, I do feel that she could loosen up a bit. So in general, because she is pretty proper, stiff, and everything, um, but no, that wasn't it. No. So if she made a proper choice, her because that was also not her making a great choice. You know, I feel it was making use of her emotions that she might have had towards Jamie. And then just put her in a position where he's like, well, he decided now that he's going to go with it. And obviously mm-hmm. then she just says, oh, yeah, sure. I was waiting for that all along. Instead right. of her, who was ever, who she's leading the forces. She's making all the decisions, but she can't make the decision to go with someone that she, like to go up to someone that, she, that she's attracted to or whatever. And, well, run with it, you know? Yeah. And she has yeah. been suffering in this kind of un, uh, like in this re- love relationship that's not a relationship for ages, and that's her entire theme. And they just nailed that down in the end, literally. Like what the what was the first one that I forgot the name of Renly? Yeah, so that one, that guy he she loved as well, and she, well he was obviously not interested in
0: females anyway, <laughs> but. Why? And that was just a repetition of everything that has already happened. A lot of emotions about that. And not really any of them very good. Yeah, but then they all decide to move. Yeah, so they're heading south. Which also happens in one season, right? In one episode. In one episode, yeah, like building up to this. It used to take a long time because, you know, Westeros is big. (laughs) But now they can just snap their fingers and they are there. (laughs) It's like, how does how this moves literally so fast now, Yeah. which was my biggest issue with season seven, because I was like, they clearly have teleporters now. And we see uh, one of the dragons die because of Euron's navy. That is it just so happens to be right outside Dragonstone. Yeah. And it's like pew pew motherfucker dragon down. I agree. First of all, pew pew dragon down.
1: That was my first where I'm like, that was quick, right? Yep. They were just flying and suddenly, poof, dang, gone. Mm-hmm. And the next thing, just in the next episode, Drogon can totally avoid all that stuff, like without yeah. being hit at all. Was it yeah, just it a surprise moment? Like in the first, in the previous episode, they were like, this is the most lethal weapon we have towards these dragons. How will they ever? survive this and not gonna mm-hmm. die. And then suddenly the next episode comes
0: and it's easiest easiest thing ever to ruin it all. But before we get there, we can talk about Missande. That was horrible. She gets kidnapped. Um which Tom asked me the question, how did they even know? Because it was like all their ships got destroyed, right? So how did they know that Missande didn't drown? How do they know that she was like not at the bottom of the ocean and that she was instead being held captive by Daenerys. Or not Daenerys by Cersei. I don't know, man. They got a letter probably
1: telling them we have Miss now. And how yeah. did they find her specifically?
0: hmm Like and not anybody else on that thing. And how did they know? Because they've never really seen them. How did they know that she was Daenerys's like right hand woman? I don't saw it on Instagram. <laughs> So we get the scene where they're trying to be friends and there was a moment that it was like, has Tyrion actually talked Cersei around? And then I was like, no, probably not. And then she gets beheaded. Yeah, she gets beheaded. And she she gave her last words and what
1: she said was Dracarys. I don't know how I feel about this.
0: I was like, oh, she said Dracarys. Does that mean that, you know, Drogon's just going to unleash some fire right now? Like, does she have the power to make the dragon spew? I was waiting for it and then the episode ended. I was... I guess not okay
1: yeah it's, I had to say I recall having the same feelings I'm like he's booing now is he not is it what What? what, what? this feels really significant <laughs> it does but nothing is happening I expected at least I love you grey worm but that didn't happen instead she was just shouting in her Narkaris which obviously since they're all super loyal probably that was her words
0: for I love you I love you grey worm I don't know I don't know. I actually for many, many seasons I really liked Grey Worm. Same. But this season I probably after this episode I really just stopped liking him. After this episode? Well, the episode where like Maisande dies and he like has that moment of pain and then he just turns into an absolute mindless killing machine. No, oh, but they all turned into that, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. That's what bound them together at that time. So in our penultimate episode, we start off with a Okay, I totally missed this. Apparently, Varys was trying to have uh, Daenerys poisoned. Did you? Did you get that? Because I did was get like, that. It was so subtle to me that I was just. Did you read that? Yeah. Well, I didn't even read it. I did read it, but not before Tom told me. He was like, "Did you know that Varys was trying to poison Daenerys?" And I was like. No. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, apparently, like, when the wee serving girl came up to Varys and was like, she's still not eating, and he goes, we'll try again tomorrow, that means that he was actively trying to poison her. Well, that was, Jesus. Right? It was so underlying. I just thought she was starving because she was grieving. Same. I, (laughs) I, like, it did not catch that at all. So, like, writers, come on. That was pretty bad. Like, because obviously that's the reason that Daenerys had Varys killed, because he was plotting to kill her. Yes, Varys was plotting to kill Daenerys, and... I was thinking because he told people. Nope, nope, we missed the whole point. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, but if we missed it and we're pretty hardcore, a lot of other people probably have as well. I can't even believe that. And, like, everybody just stands around while the fucking dragon kills him, like, burns him to death. And John is still... John and Tyrion, they're both like, she's my queen, just gonna burn the spider to death. You know? I'm a bit, a bit speechless right now. Yeah. I
1: mean, at least I feel with Tyrion, you saw that he was struggling already. John was still like, whoa... My, this queen. Is my queen, I love you. I love you forever, my queen. But I will never sleep with you again because you're my aunt. But Tyrion was already—he was very, very much
0: on the fence of this. So he was. So Tyrion made this big scene about when the bells strike, or if the bells toll, that that's Cersei surrendering and stop killing because obviously there's an entire city of innocent people there, and jamie is infiltrating to go and save cersei he has his scene with euron just on that note other question okay jamie
1: obviously went back to cersei we said that but then they captured him again that was like also one of the weirdest moments where i was like what you captured him again now like how did that happen and then Tyrion went up to the tent where he was captured and then he let him free, which was, to be honest, also the most feelsy moment in that entire episode again for me, because I, I think I literally, I actually cried when that happened because I felt so sorry for them. And he let him go to then for him to maybe eventually
0: save him and Cersei. Yeah, he's supposed to like covertly go in and pull her out. And there was a little boat waiting for them. But you know who else was waiting? You're on. <laughs> suddenly who is that dude even he pissed me off the entire like even the last
1: that was probably probably the most useless character of all times
0: Mm -hmm. he's just a big huge useless pain in the ass that's exactly what he was but one thing that i found really funny um was apparently the two actors when they were filming their fight scene they were confusing the camera crew and everybody else that was on set because they were talking to each other in Danish, <laughs> and like doing the fight scene in Danish, and just nobody had a clue what was going on. That's pretty epic, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I laughed really hard when I read that. Yeah, then
1: he he was there, and he suddenly fought Jamie because why the hell not? Did he did he come out of the water because he was in the ships before, and then he suddenly they Daenerys burnt down all the ships, and Euron jumped oh, yeah. off one, and then suddenly he's stranded there. And bam, there was Jamie. Happens to be at the same spot that Jamie's in. <laughs> what a coincidence! What a coincidence! And both of them have enough
0: energy to fight above a dying, over a dying queen. <sighs> so we see, like Monica was saying, Drogon comes in, all fire burning, destroys the Iron Fleet, like as if it was kindling. Avoids every single arrow on every single sh- ship that's aimed at him, avoids every single arrow on these dragon killing machines along the ramparts of King's Landing. That's the word I was looking for earlier, ramparts. <laughs> and, <laughs> like they're just toys, and he's like, kill all this. Like, this is no problem. What I didn't get is,
1: did they not? It seemed to me in that episode that all he did was come from a different direction and that confused everyone so hard in the city that they didn't expect him coming and that's why they didn't couldn't
0: attack him but what the fuck, man well he also came like so he couldn't really see because he had the sun behind him and it's hard to see things when you're looking directly into the sun but yeah what the fuck, man i agree
1: (laughs) but not everyone in that fleet was in the same position it was like an entire like there was a huge area of these freaking ships. Not everyone on these freaking ship didn't see the dragon flying down there. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, the sun is not that huge. So
0: we go like, burn, burn, burn. And then Daenerys and and make a gap in the wall and lets the army through. And then the bells ring. And then the bells ring. And then we have this really tense scene where Cersei's like, ah, oh, well, I've lost. This was fun. And Daenerys is like, I am triumphant. No, I'm not. I am an evil evil person. I'm crazy and then she just burns the fucking city to the ground. Yeah. It's like you 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 literally won. Why why are you killing all of these innocent people? Because she was still furious about Miss Sunday, I guess. I guess so cuz it literally made me so angry. Like I from the moment that she turned there, I was just it's it's not that I have a problem with her being a mad queen because they were building her story to be that like they showed her cruelty over the seasons and her enjoyment in being cruel but it went from like 10 to 150 like so fast that it felt unbelievable it felt like it was actually uncharacteristic until you actually thought about it but it just they showed her descent into madness from like a trickle, to all of a sudden a fucking tsunami.
1: Yeah, that's true. I feel they didn't give us enough time. What they tried to then, it's not rectified, but what Tyrion talks to with Jon in the bunkers about how she thinks she's doing something good, but that's what she thinks, and the more she gets confirmed in that, the more she will think whatever she's doing, she's doing for the greater good Mm -hmm. i feel that's the message that we should have gotten previous to everything and that wasn't clear until the very last season so i feel that could have been a longer progression definitely because you would think of her yes when you say it now i'm like yeah totally totally right with she's cruel already and she's killing a lot of people already but because They are the bad guys, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel that probably
0: the underlying intention is great, but it was way too fast, yeah. So Sandor and Arya have all also made their way into the Red Keep, and he tells her to leave because he's like, I don't want you to see this, you will actually physically die here. And Arya's like, okay, daddy figure. And off she goes, like she just leaves. And we have that touching moment where she calls back to him, she's like Sandor, calling him by his first name for the first time, and thank you, like she's thanking him for all that they've been through over the eight seasons, which is like their relationship, I always love their scenes, I know I said that already, but it's really true, (laughs) I genuinely just think that they're uh, fantastic together. And we get the scene that we've been waiting so many seasons for, the confrontation between Sandor and the mountain, or the hound in the mountain. What are your thoughts on this, Monica? You just shook your head in shame.
1: I, again, what you said, general intention of the story, great. Execution, horrible. Horrible. Like, I mean, we obviously all kind of knew that there was something Frankensteinish going on with the mountain, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. But, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. That was just, that fight was just, ridiculous so apparently so they start to fight and sander is going to kill the mountain and very well he's not going to he's very determined to kill the mountain and he just can't because of this no. dude being super frankensteiny he looks like he's already dead or something <laughs> he, he he stabbed him in where in the chest or in the stomach or somewhere multiple times along the torso <laughs> multiple times along the torso multiple times around the neck and that all didn't help. Well, don't get didn't me wrong. Get I see the that. And he loses. He even loses his uh, shielding Armor. Thing? Armor. Yeah, thanks. He even gets okay. rid of his armor. So he's fighting with him basically bare chested and everything. I mean, Sandor doesn't. The mountain is bare chested. So he's even more vulnerable technically. Then he stabs him in the stomach. Nothing happens. I can get on board with that one. But then he starts to stab him on the neck and stuff. And I'm like... Seriously, that's already pretty ridiculous and then he stabs him in the head and like right through the eye He's wasn't it like basically like very much pretty much directly through the brains so or not even like right n- not even yeah. that you could say it's in the soft spot of the eye and he only caught the eye. He stabbed his knife through his head and he was he kept, and kept it- on walking. Something yeah i mean i get it it's
0: a series it's a fantasy there are dragons but seriously he was harder to kill than the night king the night king who's like badassness has been being built up for literal seasons yeah. like yes we have this figure of the mountain and there's something definitely not right about them and there is tension between him and his brother and like i was excited for their confrontation because i knew that there was only one way they were both going to go out and it was by killing each other but like he was harder to kill than the most badass character, like the, the big bad character that has been built up for all these seasons. Agreed. And it
1: only ended by the hound throwing himself with the mountain of the castle tops that was yeah. crumb- trembling around them already.
0: One thing I will say that I they were really trying to go with some symbolism for the hound with... Like having him run through the fire to save Arya and having him run like and being standing strong while the dragon fire is going all around him and everything and like that's been his fear, his fire because he got burned so badly because of the mountain when they were children yeah and so they were really really pushing that symbolism, but they were missing the mark yeah they just they they weren't quite getting it because they were pushing the story so fast
1: also what I feel is it kind of got on the back burner Ah, sorry (laughs) (laughs) because that didn't even properly occur to me because i all i had in my head was that it's that episode is such a contrast to the ice one before you know, so it was like mm-hmm. I, I even said to, to the weird, I was like, Oh, that's the song of fire and ice. And and and, and yeah. so it's so the one episode was all with snow and ice and blah, and then the next one is burning down the house. Yay. So I feel between those two, um that symbolism
0: around the mountain kinda, yeah. Totally stepped on yeah. the back burner again. <laughs> so Cersei had run from the mountain and she finds Jamie in the basement. Once again, Cersei run from the mountain. She just walked past him. Do-do-do-do. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to leave. Bye. Basically, she was just like, I'm going to leave you two to this and I'm I'm, I'm just, I'm out of here. See ya. Peace.
1: <laughs> so I tried it once. Mountain, stay with me. The mountain was like, fuck you. And then she was like,
0: oh, well then. See and ya. She's just like, You do you. I'm gonna go save my ass. Didn't work out so well.
1: So then in the, wasn't, didn't she find, or didn't Jamie find
0: her in that square first where they had the maps and everything? Yes. And that was obviously symbolic because that's the last time they saw each other was in the same room. And she said she wanted to kill him yeah and oh look they're they're back together, and he runs her to safety, and they realize that there is no way out, so they just hold each other and get crushed by a falling ceiling,
1: which then in the next episode in the final episode from yesterday, while Tyrion then gets go- walks into the city, I mean that's his hometown where he's walking around burnt to ashes, and I think his hopes are still pretty high that his sibling survived, so he's going through the Castle and everything, seeing everything's been burnt down to the ground. Then he goes down to where he told Jamie to go to get the boat and get away. And then he sees that everything was falling down and everything fell down. And then he sees Jamie's golden hand and he starts to get rid of all the stones that are lying on top of them. And he's mourning them because he sees that both of them are dead there. That was also like emotionally, again, Mooney had some feels. I had the feels, but at, Kyrian, brilliant. at the same time, I was like, seriously, two meters behind you, there is no fucking stone, <laughs> and you yeah. couldn't just walk
0: away three steps and not get crushed by those stones? Right, like, you'd, you'd, they didn't think, like, oh, we're just gonna hold each other and die, not, why don't we run for cover? They had time, the rocks were falling from quite a distance. <laughs> And then the weird scene with Arya and the white horse. So Arya survives the battle. She wakes up and she's like, Oh, there is a white horse, and she rides off into the dust. But then the, in the last episode, the horse is irrelevant. Yeah,
1: it's there gone. Is no It no horse. Was like, what, what was the symbolism of this random white horse? And then, like, then I only was like, well, all the the Dothra- Dothraki's horses, they're all white.
0: Does that have any meaning or what what, what was the intention there? Yeah. Again, lost in writing. So yeah, I was super angry after this episode. I was, I poetically called it a dumpster fire. I had a lot of issues, which I talked about, but I just wanted to really confirm here that I had the issues with this episode, did not like it. So season finale, series finale, they have a lot to do. (laughs) They have a lot to do. And I'm going to preface this by saying that this episode alone, I genuinely think they could have had an entire season about it. Agreed. So many questions.
1: So last episode, obviously Daenerys now is in King's Landing. She burned everything down to the ground,
0: but the Iron Throne is still standing. She stands before her armies and declares that the war is not over. She's going to take Winterfell and Dorne and the entire world. And Tyrion's like, Fuck this noise. Resigns his hand. I was thinking he would give her the needle back. After she was still standing there talking and all the...
1: Um, her entire army was rooting for her and all motivating her. Tyrion walks up to her and it's like... Or did she say "You, uh, you, you freed your brother? And he said... I freed my brother and you burned an entire city
0: down and then he gave her the needle back or he threw the needle to the ground. I like that. It's very symbolic. He was just like, I am not Team Danny anymore. Because if you can't see that's
1: why that I didn't save the kingdom but I saved my brother but you burned an entire city
0: down then there is mm-hmm. no way we can talk. So then he has a moment with John, and then John meets Arya and she's like... He's like, what the hell are you doing here? I left you in Winterfell. And she's like, I came to kill Cersei. And he was like, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And then they decide to meet outside the gates. And Arya's just like, nah, I'm not going to be there. But you've got something to do. You need to, like, save Westeros here. And he talks to Tyrion and he's like, but she's my queen. I love her. She's... The perfect epitome. And I was like, John, are you actually justifying what she has done? I was asking myself for a very long time during
1: that episode. Because he looked very dead to me. Like, very sick.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I was wondering if that whole coming back from the dead thing is getting his revenge or something. Like, maybe he had to get to a certain point to then fall back and be dead. Somehow it was weird. And yet Tyrion talks to him and it's like she thinks she's doing good things and she's argumenting whatever she does because she's saying that she's doing it for the better of the people. All he wants to do in the first what half of the episode is trying to get to her.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he gets to her. He finds her in front of the Iron Throne in the totally burnt down hall. But the Iron Throne is still intact. And she's got her hand on it. She's thinking about sitting herself down. And she turns and she sees him. And she's like, oh, imagine our future together. And this is everything I've always wanted. And we could be so great together. Let's do this together. And he's all like... You will always be my queen. I am pretty much a zombie because I love you. Zombie for my love. And then you hear a knife. Well, they're also kissing. They're kissing, yeah. And then you hear the knife. Then you hear the knife and he's killed her. For a second, you don't know who killed who. Yeah, that's true. I I was like, I feel like he's going to kill her. Like it's going to be the whole Asha thing where like she got the knife between the ribs. Was it with Ramsey or something? And I was like, he's going to do that to Danny. And then I was like, oh, they're, they're, he loves her and they're kissing. Oh, he's not going to do it. Okay, he's done it. <laughs> I had a range of emotions. I honestly
1: didn't think he would do it. I was thinking he would give someone else the permission, though. He wouldn't do it himself, but he would deal with it. Or even let Arya kill her, because that was my initial intention. My first theory was that Sansa is going to kill her with a dragon stone. Dagger that she got because that
0: one was totally useless. And the dragon obviously notices. Yeah, because he's felt the life leave his mother and he flies up and keens. And that was probably like one of the most emotional scenes ever. When he's trying to get
1: her to move again. I was too in the moment of asking myself. What's happening now? Is he going to kill him? Is he going to spew at him
0: and then he will not die? But none of that happened. None of that happened. And Tom has found a meme that he just loves. It's the best. It is the best. So we see Drogon getting ready to spew his fire. And Jon's like, well, at least I killed the queen. And then Drogon lets the fire go and it doesn't go near Jon. John's just like, Oh my, that's quite warm as he's shielding himself. (laughs) And Drogon melts the Iron Throne. And I will read this meme out. So I don't know who created this, but they say, this is quite possibly the smartest dragon in the world, as it inherently understood that it was the corrupting power of the Iron Throne that led to Danny's downfall and not Jon Snow. Or it's the stupidest dragon in the world, as it saw a knife in Danny, assumed it was the evil chair made of knives who stabbed her, and then had its revenge. Take that, knifey chair. My queen, you have been avenged. (laughs) And it's true. Like, we don't know exactly how smart these dragons are, but the dragon knew that it wasn't actually John's fault that his queen died somehow. I mean,
1: we know what dragons can do. But then nobody else knows that because
0: they haven't read the Robin Hopper books. (laughs) Exactly. And then Drogon picks up Daenerys and flies off. And that's that. No one seems to care that there's a gigantic dragon gone. It flies into the sunset.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was asking myself the questions all the time. What happens with the dragon when she's gone? Like, that was one of my biggest reasons why I was thinking they can't kill her really can they Mm. because she still had quite a big army and the dragon so either it was something that's related to the family so to to the targaryen that would have made him
0: then like be connected to john yeah yeah
1: but no he just flew off
0: just flew off i thought that as well i i was wondering if he was just gonna be like all right uh, what's up john your, your mind, now. I mean, they did have some connection. That's why I was like, yeah,
1: maybe that's something that they can build upon. But mm-hmm. they decided
0: to let him fly into the wild. And suddenly, it's, it's weeks, weeks later. later. The, all the ash is gone. It's being rebuilt. And I only noticed because it was like, that beard is pretty long now. I didn't even notice at first. Oh, really? No, as soon as Tom Tom was like, it's like summer now. And I was like, this is their way to say this is the passage of time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then all of them were like all the lords
0: were sitting in King's Landing. Lords and ladies. Lords and ladies, sorry. yeah. And Grey Worm brings Tyrion up and is like, Tyrion must pay for his crimes. And they're like, well, you don't get to make that decision because you're not king. And then they're like, oh, well, who is? And apparently they locked Jon up as well. So that also something. that's
1: also something we only then get to know because they say that they locked him up. We didn't ever see him getting locked up and what happened after that and what he did, did. Why did no one kill him at the spot? Grey Worm was so loyal to the Queen. I would have thought that he would be just like, I killed the Queen. And Grey Worm would be, there you go.
0: Stabby stab. I killed Jon Snow. But no. Apparently they just locked him away. So many inconsistencies. But Sansa had maybe one of my favorite lines in this scene. When her uncle, Lady Stark's brother, I can't remember his name, gets up and is making this claim for, for the throne. And Sansa's just like, uncle, sit down. <laughs> I like that as well. I like it a lot. And I'm pretty sure that I might use it when men make ridiculous arguments from now on. Just be like, uncle, sit down. <laughs>
1: I'm still annoyed with her, though. That scene was really great. I really like that. In general, how this all turned out is that Sam proposes that they could vote, which Hmm. is a generally really great idea. And Sam also voting in a bigger scale. Like, everyone the entire kingdom should vote, which all the lords and ladies are not very fond of. But They all laugh, actually. (laughs) But at least they then decide to vote on who should be king. And they are asking Tyrion. And Tyrion has nothing else to do than to suggest, yeah, Bran should be king. (laughs) Because, like, why the fuck not, right? Why the fuck not? <laughs> he, he, he doesn't care about anything in his life. He can't even say hi to his siblings properly because he's not Bran anymore but the Three-Eyed Raven. He's so detached. and He
0: even said he's not living in the future. He's just living in the past. Mm-hmm. And then he's king. Well, and sure, like, didn't Sansa even say to him, like, you're Lord of Winterfell? And he was like, I, I'm the Three-Eyed Raven. I can't be Lord of anything or I won't be Lord of anything. And now he's the king he's the king and names Tyrion his head and Tyrion's like nah mate and he's like yeah and Tyrion's like nope and he's like yep and Tyrion's like nope and Bran's like no but dude and Tyrion's like oh.
1: and then they decide uh, like they vote on it right and the last one who gets to vote is Sansa and everyone <laughs> like literally everyone before her says yes to Bran her brother and she's like no mate not me <laughs>
0: Uh, the north is a separate kingdom because
1: if i can't be queen of everything i am at least gonna be queen of the fucking north yeah
0: so they're just like yeah cool all right then deal,
1: <laughs> deal. <laughs> that really pissed me off because they were all super the family Stark, we're a family and then she can't support her own brother on the freaking mm-hmm. throne yeah and he always knew That's also something where I'm like, why do
0: you think I've come all this way?
1: (laughs) I don't get it. He was so detached from everything since he turned into the three-eyed raven that this was, I mean, I see, I see the entire, the voting and everything. I totally find reasonable and breaking the wheel, blah, blah, blah. That
0: don't make sense to me, but I feel Bran is just not the proper person. But did you notice um, in the group of lords and ladies that were there that Robin was there? The whiny boy that was Sansa and Arya's cousin? Where, where Littlefinger pushed his mom down this hole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Robin was there. Yeah. Did you notice him? Yeah. It, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, so that's the end of his storyline. Oh, but look, he's there. So he's still, what's he been doing? Just like totally ignoring all the wars and the dragons and the White Walkers. Obviously. Well, but he can be involved in naming the next king, but he can't do anything else. So, and can we talk about the name Brand the Broken? Yeah, that's annoying. That's really like okay. All things aside, the fact that they have crowned uh, a king who's disabled is pretty cool. But they've called him Brand the Broken, as if like disabled people are broken, like they're not whole people, like broken. <sighs> I feel they took so many steps
1: back in the last... Like, what they tried to build up until three episodes into the season, they suddenly burnt it all to the ground. Yeah. Literally as well. Despite Sansa claiming the Northern Throne, which is just out of sheer
0: stubbornness, I guess. Well, the North always wanted to be free again. Like, to be their own kingdom. So it it makes sense to me. They wouldn't have if John were the king. No, but that wasn't possible because the Unsullied were like mostly gray Room. He killed Daenerys.
1: I mean, and even if I take the sentiment out of it, like again, if they take away all of that family traditionally kind of thing, which is totally fine. It's still Bran is still a Northern man. So why is it okay with John but not with Bran to follow John but not Bran. So that's why, that's why it, annoyed me I mean I would it would have gotten it if she would have it would have been someone else and she would have said well nope thanks but it was her own brother and he's a northern
0: guy yeah no I I totally know what you're saying And with John it would have been fine but with
1: him it won't yeah
0: yeah no there's just a lot going on here so as
1: a as a penalty for killing the queen it's not enough for him to what did they initially want I forgot it already what did they, did they
0: want to kill him, Grey, but they didn't want. Grey Worm wanted to kill him. Yeah. But they appeased Grey Worm and sent him to the Night's Watch, which, like, doesn't even make sense because, well, okay, there are two things. Like, Grey Worm just buggered off anyways and sailed for Noth. So, like, what, why didn't they just be like, it's all right, John, he's gone. You can actually stay. We were just, you know, lip service. Number one.
1: Well, I mean, Number that's two. basically what it is,
0: though, anyway, now, isn't it? It is, yeah. But number two, like, what's the big deal with him going back to the wall? Because number one, he's friends with the wildlings. Number two, there's no Night King anymore. And number three, he's given like all the co- like the the Night's Watch stations to the night or to the wildlings, and like he's he's friends with them. So I'm like, why are you acting like this is a death sentence? Your best friends are up there. I didn't get it. It felt to me like we were back in season one. Like it was. This horrible punishment to be sent to the wall when really, like, but he looked as if it was a punishment. He did. Everything, yeah, was like a freaking they were, punishment. They were like, "This is the worst thing that could possibly happen," and I was like, "But why? His life was is up there. His like his best mate Torment is up there. There's no Night King anymore. There's no threat because you're not having to keep the wildlings out. You guys are friends." I don't know why this is a punishment.
1: I don't know. It feels to me like we've
0: went full circle to series episode one. Well, there was even the scene like leaving the gates of the of um the wall to head north is directly mirrored with one of the very first scenes in the entire season. Like I I understand all the symbolism and everything, and they've done a really bad job of it. But I'm just like, but it's not it's not a punishment for John. Like why are you're act making it all seem like this is the worst thing in the world, and it's really not. But he gets to reunite with Tormund and he gets to reunite with Ghost and then they all just like go north of the wall and go hang out. Maybe he'll find like somebody else to love like he loved to greet. But why is he looking so sad? Because it's Jon Snow. I'm Jon
1: Snow. I'm Jon Snow.
0: And we have Arya going to set sail to find out what's west of Westeros and that was pretty cool. I am like, I I do hope that they do a spinoff of Corporal Arya explorer that'd be cool
1: they had so many unsatisfactions that they couldn't get on board with anything anymore i feel yeah like
0: why the fuck is brawn now part of that king's thing yeah the king's small council with brienne and sir davos and sam like sam's not even a fully qualified maester he left his education so how is he now qualified to sit as like the grand maester of king's landing Maybe he went back because how much time did pass since then? True. And Braun is the master of coin, but like, how is he qualified to be the master of coin?
1: I can't imagine anyone worse having
0: that. And it already right? started out with, let's build some brothels. Yeah. Like the only ones, okay, Davos is the master of ships and stuff. Okay. Yeah. 100% on board with Davos being on the council. Brienne as like head of the, of the Kingsguard. The, I, I, I accept that. I think that's yeah. fantastic. She's literally the only one qualified to do that that we have seen, and Tyrion as king's hand just makes sense. Like, okay, so three out of five, I'm in. The other ones, I'm like, Nyeh. agreed. And Bran coming in and being like, "Oh, this is the the king's council. What are where where are we on the dragon? Perhaps I can find him. Carry on," and he just buggers off to go in three eyed raven out to find the dragon. <laughs> But also, like, where's the dragon? Oh, he's somewhere away, flying around. Who knows? I'll go and... Whatever. work away. It was so weird. I just have issues. There's so many issues. I hear you. I will say, in conclusion, I was satisfied with the ending. I was not satisfied with how they got there. I thought that how they, the last two seasons especially, but especially, like, the last few episodes, I feel they really fucked up but the actual ending I was satisfied based on what we were given I'm not like this was amazing this is the best thing I'm so glad that I had like spent 10 years of my life obsessing over this because no I'm not (laughs) I'm like as as a as a diehard fan I'm I'm quite disappointed in how the last two seasons have gone but as an actual ending to the story I'm not I am satisfied.
1: I feel I can get on board with the intentions they had for the ending. Like as Mm -hmm. you said, like as they said, breaking the wheel, getting some voting in place, blah, blah, blah. All of that I can get on board with. And it probably was the only way they could go to not raise a bigger shitstorm. Because then it would be like is it Daenerys? Is it Jon Snow? So I feel that that was an okay middle ground, but I just feel there is so much missing. And it was, as you said, way too fast. It didn't feel thought through at all this time. And like I feel this entire series changed. That's not the same series that you started to watch 10 years
0: ago. No, but from really thoughtful well-developed characters that had these amazing story arcs and storylines and thoughts and feelings. And you really felt connected to them. It was just, they were like, meh. Yeah. Which is sad. It's really sad considering like how much time and effort, well, how much time, you know, the fans put in, um, But also the actors and actresses, like, they were amazing. They put everything into this. They launched careers. and I never blamed the actors. I feel I I always
1: connected. I never felt that there was something wrong with what they're doing. But, yeah, the story then just didn't do it anymore. I mean, it's not, like, on a lost level where you're, like, what the fuck did happen here? But
0: it's also not like this is the best ending a series can get. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, this is like the lowest rated series as well. Like every episode is rated super low. Um, I'm not surprised. Yeah. No, it's it's not surprising and it's really disappointing. And yeah. it basically... I don't get why I know that they have stopped going off the books at some point. Well, the books ended, right? Like George R.R. R. Martin hasn't finished writing the books so th- I think the last season, they had full access, like they, they had was based fully on the books Was season five. They had some of season six was still based in the books. And then after that, it was they didn't have anything.
1: But I'm wondering
0: if he can't, he must have a vision, but he doesn't want to give it to them. Um. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, I know I don't know that it's that he doesn't want to give it to them. It's that they just they were like, nope, two seasons, 13 episodes. That's it. And just went with it. So I read a blog. He wrote a blog this morning or yesterday. And I read and he was, he didn't, he just was like, well, this is an era. It's done. I don't know how I got here. Um, I'll probably write more about how um, how I felt about each episode as they come. But I am working on the last two books and they will come out.
1: I heard that even
0: HBO, they wanted them to make more episodes. But the producer Mm -hmm. said, nope. Yeah, it was the showrunners, they were just like, no, 13 episodes, that's it, we're done. And you could tell that they just really didn't give a shit. They were like, throw this content out there, I don't care what it does to the storyline, um, make make lots of explosions. That's it. Yeah. And one thing I do want to bring up, um, which is maybe taking us back, but um, there was one point when Sansa was talking about how and why she was such a strong like, she had so much strength. And so she basically was attributing her, like, her strong character and her strength to being raped by Ramsey. I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was a conversation with... Tyrion? Was it Tyrion? Yeah, just so many issues with this season. So what are you thinking, listeners, of the end of an era? Are you like us, that while there was some good like good stuff but overall you were kind of just really disappointed in it maybe you loved it like we would actually really enjoy hearing a differing point of view because monica and i pretty much agree on everything about this so if you've got a different viewpoint please let us know because genuinely interested yes very much so yeah and um just in conclusion we are actually going to do another game of thrones episode in the next foreseeable future that's going to be focusing on just how awesome the and maybe not so awesome in the last season the female characters in game of thrones are so keep your eyes peeled and if you want to talk more about westeros with us why not hop into our discord and converse with us in discourse you can find that at GeekCaring.com forward slash Discord. Thanks for tuning in this week for this super long, long, long ass episode. And we will see you next week. Bye! Bye! If you like this episode of GeekCaring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at GeekCaring and over on GeekCaring.com.
1: This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at DragonPoweredStudio.com.